1: slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: one of the first dominoes fell when it comes to recruiting in this big month of september for the hoosiers we'll let you know who committed where they went to and what's next for indiana on the recruiting trail on this recruiting wednesday
0: episode you are locked on hoosiers your daily podcast on the indiana hoosiers part of the locked on podcast network Your team, every day.
2: Happy Wednesday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen, tuning in wherever it may be from. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. Quick reminder, Locked On is with SiriusXM now. You guys can listen to us on the SiriusXM app. During the season, both football and basketball, you can also listen to IU on the Sirius, uh, XM app or on Sirius XM. Just search Hoosiers. It's our Recruiting Wednesday episode. It's going to be an abbreviated one. Uh, this week, the schedule was always going to be a little bit weird. Uh, I'll give you an update on what we're going to do at the end of the week, but we'll do a live show on Friday. Be sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube once IU goes final in their game against Indiana State. We'll go live on YouTube to talk about the win. Knock on wood, presumably. We'll talk about the win and what our takeaways were because it's going to be interesting to see that quarterback battle again. We're going to talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on in this episode. Let's talk IU basketball and recruiting. Typically, our focus on Wednesday, there isn't a ton to talk about when it comes to recruiting, but there was some notable news on Tuesday. Austin Swartz, a name we've mentioned a number of times Someone the Hoosiers have been uh, targeting, someone at one point, at a couple points, had official visits scheduled to Indiana, committed to Miami on Tuesday. So uh, in between our recruiting episodes, he announced his decision date as being on Tuesday, and that was well before he made an official visit to Indiana. His official visit was scheduled for uh, later, I believe at the end of this month. That was the sign. I mean, at at that point, he wasn't coming to Indiana. Indiana was playing uh, catch-up a little bit in this one. Miami was seen as a favorite. Miami is the one that landed him. Uh, You guys probably remember Swartz every day as well. He was the one who scheduled a, a visit kind of on his own, and that was during a dead period for recruiting, and then he was wanting to reschedule it. And it took him a while to get it rescheduled, but ultimately none of that matters. Uh, he ends up going to Miami. I did want to include one thing. There was a quote that was in ESPN that was very interesting. We've talked a lot about Miami and their play style and how I think that's how Indiana's offense could, maybe should look moving forward. Here is Swartz' quote about playing for Miami. Quote, they play a five-out offense and allow their guards to make decisions and play in space. They also play a lot of pick and roll. It all fits what I am looking for. I think that's what IU wants to become. Playing with space, pick and roll heavy, letting guards make plays. And you can see that guys notice that. Now, this is one recruit. Every recruit's different. I'm not saying you need to change your whole system to cater to one recruit. You need to change your system to to play a modern style of basketball, but it will have dividends like this. So recruits notice how Indiana or how programs are playing and hopefully how Indiana will be playing this year. It'll be very interesting to see if IU plays this more modern style with um, this, this more spacing, I don't think it'll be five out as much, but four out, one in, a lot of pick and roll. What recruits will think of that? And whether that makes Indiana more enticing, more attractive of an option. But Swartz, uh, again, someone the Hoosiers were, were never really in the lead for. They were in conti- uh, contention. They were in the mix. He was a top 50 recruit in this class, though, and a lot of people were uh, going after him. Miami is the one that gets the deal done. Liam McNeely, Derek Queen, and Curtis Givens, the three big names, will be on campus this weekend for their visits. Uh, Liam and Curtis both, I believe, tweeted out kind of graphics about them coming to Bloomington this weekend. Make no mistake about it. It's as big of a weekend in terms of recruiting that IU has had since. It's hard to say. I mean, they've had some some big visits Malik Renew, I think, was a pretty big one. And you can kind of remember the excitement when he committed. There's been various ones throughout the years, but I would say few match up to what this, how important this one is going to be. That being said, I don't know that we're going to get a lot of updates on how the visits went. IU had people on campus last weekend, Jalen Harrelson, kind of the, the lead among them. You saw pictures, you saw them tweet and Instagram about it and whatnot. Outside of that, there isn't a lot to report on. You're going to get the cliche reports of Coach Woodson and the staff made really good connections and Indiana made a really strong impression, but uh, there's still a ways to go. You're going to get stuff like that. It means nothing. When's the last time you heard anybody leak a visit went awful, went bad, went anything less than... Then great, really. So, I don't, I, I didn't see anything about how the visits went this past weekend. We might get something this weekend just because of how big it is. But I, I wouldn't read too much in it if the visit comes and goes. And we don't really find out a whole lot. That being said, I use in a really good position with Liam McNeely. Could he commit this weekend? I wouldn't rule it out. Uh he has taken his official visit to Kansas. I don't know that he has one scheduled for Texas, but Indiana's kind of been seen as the team in the lead for a while. I don't know how hard they would push to get a commitment. I think that they're fine with kind of letting things go as they as they are, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if Liam McNeely commits. If he does. Be sure you guys are subscribed. Twitter, YouTube, we'll absolutely do a live show and a reaction for that if he does commit this weekend. But it'll be very interesting to watch how this goes. This will be very, very telling for kind of the future of the program, how this weekend goes. And, again, we probably won't know right away how it goes, but long-term or even medium-term, it could pay really big dividends. Look, I, you would love – to get these three guys on campus and have Liam McNeely commit right now, because then that means he can spend a lot of time kind of recruiting Derek and Curtis. They're all on Mont Verde together. Remind him, Hey, I'm going to be at, at IU. You guys can come along. I'm sure Nana would love that part, but I don't know that they're going to be pushing for a commitment or anything like that, but it'll be an important weekend. We'll give you as much updates as we can about it. But don't be surprised if there isn't a lot. There wasn't really anything from this past weekend. That's all we have for recruiting today. I'll keep note, and I'll kind of do that, but with so many visits right now, IU is really focused on that. There's not a lot of other stuff going on, and we don't get news from these visits, as I said, so might be a little bit slower when it comes to these recruiting talks, but we'll see. There could be big news at any point now. A lot of guys are going to start committing, so... There could be a decision kind of at any stage now. Football. Let's talk IU football. Walt Bell, Tom Allen spoke to the media on Monday. A lot of interesting things. We'll discuss some of the takeaways, some of their quotes, and what they kind of mean and the important things. We'll do all that here in just a moment. Let's first talk about today's sponsor, eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Locked on is having uh, their live show, their college football live show. You guys, some of you might have watched or listened to it last week. They're kicking up the coverage every Friday. Locked on college football kickoff live 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on every locked on college YouTube channel. College football kickoff live will cover playoff implications, conference rivalry games, go in-depth like only locked on can including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College football kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Let's talk some football. First, there was a fun little story that came out on Monday. Some of you might remember when Philip Dunham had the interception in the first half. Ran to the sideline, held up a, a WWE championship belt. i it, It's kind of their version. Every program at this point has it. Uh, I believe Miami, that was the first one I remember, had the turnover chain. Every program's adopted something. You get something whenever you get a turnover. IU had a championship belt. That was unique, but it had some IU plates on it. I thought it was cool, but um, it, it was unique. Here's the even more unique part of it. Some of you might remember that Declan McMahon, he was a walk-on last season, a redshirt freshman running back, the son of Shane McMahon, the grandson of Vince McMahon, that Vince McMahon, use takeaway belt, was gifted by the McMahon family. The belt that's going to get held up on defense after turnovers is a legitimate actual WWE championship belt. So this isn't some knockoff they bought. This is the real thing. That's fun. I like that. That was a cool story to see on Monday. Hopefully we'll see the belt a number of times again to Indiana state because the defense looked really good. The offense looked really bad. And Walt bell, the offensive coordinator talked about that during his press conference on Monday. He had a very interesting phrase to dis- uh, describe the offense. He says he played quote, Pitter-patter too long versus Ohio State. He did. We said that on Monday's episode that IU ended up playing conservative and made the game shorter just to make the game shorter. They never tried to take advantage of anything. Here's his full quote. I told Tom Allen when we walked off the field, the number one goal was to stay in the fight. We wanted to make sure it was a 60-minute game, especially with the history of the rivalry and how it's transpired. We accomplished that, but we played pitter-patter too long. I played pitter-patter too long. At some point, you got to go be aggressive. I mean, he's right. I don't like that he needed hindsight to say that. He specifically talked about the second half and coming out of the locker room. IU got a stop. I believe it might have been a three and out. But they got a stop to start the second half. The ball goes back to Indiana. and He highlighted the first two drives as really the, the big missed opportunities. And you felt that I think during the game, Indiana had to get a score at some point to a touchdown, not just a field goal kind of during that span so that it felt like they were a threat because at a certain point you kind of jumped the shark, so to speak. And Ohio state realized, Oh, they just don't have anything. And, it felt like they shifted up a gear and Indiana didn't have that gear to shift to. So I went back and watched the tape. Those first two drives of the second half, the first drive here was his quote. I chopped it up a little bit about that. We had some momentum. We got a big stop. That's coaching. That's not on them. We got to make sure they understand the plan to do it right. Then really after that, after those two stops, they score again and the game starts to get away. I went back and watched the first drive. First play was a, uh, an option, a read option, handoff uh, in the middle. Jalen Lucas goes two yards. I don't know. I mean, I realize you have to do it to make sure people respect it, but I don't know how much I want Jalen Lucas running up the middle in general. And it really didn't work against Ohio State. Next play was a an incomplete pass off a play action. The pocket broke down a little bit. Taven kind of got out of there quickly, I thought tried to make a throw on the run that was batted down. The third play of that drive actually was interesting because it was a designed quarterback draw. Some of you might remember this. Taven was running up the middle of the field, and he had two blockers in front of him, one kind of to his left, one to his right, and it looked like if he kind of stayed behind them and just went forward, he was going to be very, very close to getting a first down. I think he probably could have got it. And instead he veered left, the block on the left couldn't stick because the guy could just kind of sidestep it, and Taven ended up a couple yards short. I understand Walt Bell wanting to take some blame for that, but I think that one was on Taven. But that's part of not having a lot of reps. I I think that's just kind of a, a redshirt freshman mistake more than anything else. You just go forward, get the first down, and move on to the next play of the drive. IU punts after that. Ohio state comes down the field. IU does get kind of a goal line stand force, a field goal. The next series again, starts with an inside run to Jalen Lucas for three yards. Then there was a read option that Ohio state played really well. Taven kept the ball, barely got back to the line of scrimmage. There wasn't a good call there because the the defensive end read it perfectly and was ready to go with Taven if he let if he gave him the or excuse me was ready to go with Jalen if he gave him the ball as well. So it was one of those that IU was damned if they do, damned if they don't. And then the next play was an incomplete pass on a miscommunication with Donovan McCauley, where it looked like Taven thought McCauley was gonna kind of tuck in on a an in route a little bit a post route and McCauley just kind of sat and sat right behind a guy and wasn't really a threat. I thought Taven made the right read. I wasn't going to, I I'm not smart enough. I'm not in the, the room. I don't know what the play was, but it felt like Taven read it right. And if Donovan McCauley just stepped in on that, he was there and the throw was there and it's a first down, but Again, part of that is lack of reps with each other, lack of uh, either guy being very familiar with their position in the grand scheme of things. So it was two drives where there were chances IU gets nothing, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. And it felt in the moment once those went, went away that, yeah, this one's probably done. IU doesn't really have anything in this one. Um. Tom Allen had an interesting quote about being conservative with the quarterbacks. "Quote: you try not to put your young quarterback in a bad situation to make a big mistake, a catastrophic mistake. You throw a pick six in that situation, you turn the ball over, and it can snowball on you. And so I also felt like, and this is just statistically, we did not do well on first downs, true, which put us in too many third and longs, which once again, that's the negative. That's the one you don't want. It was actually second down on those two drives that really derailed them. Uh, On one of them, it was an incomplete pass. and the other one, it was zero yards. But it it was a lot of third and longs on the day. I understand wanting to be conservative. I think everybody realized that they were too conservative. Um, Maybe they were afraid of that game getting out of hand and having a negative impact on the quarterbacks mentally it's hard to be too critical in some regard because that was never going to be a game that IU was going to win. So I understand it it really felt like IU just went into that game wanting to do some damage control, limit how bad it was going to be, get to the next game and then go from there. I don't like that approach, but considering the situation Indiana's in with their quarterbacks I'm not surprised by the approach. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing. I I could maybe understand an argument for it. Part of it might be how this team comes out against Indiana State on Friday and looks there. If they play the similar, really conservative style, I'm going to have a lot of questions. And I think the offense is going to be in a lot of trouble if they let it go a little bit and air it out a little bit and let the offense flow a little bit, then maybe they really were just trying to get through the Ohio state game. I mean, that part of Walt Bell's quote was really interesting, uh, especially with the history of the rivalry and how it's transpired. Ohio state's beat down IU a lot. And that's always felt like a, some ways demoralizing loss during the season. Maybe IU came into this game not wanting to lose by a lot. It's a really crappy mentality to have overall. But looking zoomed in at at this IU situation, I could see why they might want to do that. Tom Allen talked a little bit more about the quarterback battle. I want to talk about that. And then he talked about both the offensive and defensive lines. We'll discuss some more of his quotes here in just a moment. So the quarterback battle is going to go into Friday. Taven's going to start. They had almost identical split snaps in Saturday's game. I would assume that's going to be the same again. This could, could should be a, a blowout, but I think Taven and Brendan Soresby are going to play the whole game because they need the reps. Here's what Tom Allen said. That's what we're looking for, someone just to separate and become the guy. I think they showed their youth in some situations, but I thought they both showed poise. I think they both showed that the moment wasn't too big for them, but that was their first time playing the amount of snaps at this level, so you gotta, you just got to continue to evaluate, which we will, and obviously they can both throw and both run it, and you just got to be able to figure out who's the one who's going to give us the best opportunity to win on game day. It's worth noting both guys said it was pretty tough with the, the splitting of the snaps, which presumably they've done for the entirety of fall camp and now through a, through a game. I'm kind of to a point now. I know game action is a lot different than fall camp action. <sighs> After Friday, pick a guy and stick with him. It, it does nobody any sort of good to just go back and forth on someone. Pick a guy and stick with him live with that decision. You have Dexter Williams coming in a couple weeks. That can be your out, but pick a guy and stick with them. I kind of would wish they would do that against Indiana state because that would be really, really good reps instead of both guys splitting reps and gaining some experience and stuff like that. It'd be really cool if one guy got double those reps and really gained experience. Um, That's not how they're going to approach it. So we'll see over the grand scheme of things, who's going to come out ahead, but I don't love it. I've said a couple times, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And that's where we're at with the Hoosiers. Tom Allen talked about both the offensive and defensive line. Here's what he said on offense. I felt like we got movement. I felt like the guys were targeting their guys accurately throughout the game. And I thought they did a lot of positive things. We had two hits on the quarterback we gave up one sack. First, pause. Holy crap. I I knew I used offense played offensive line played well. Against Ohio State, I really can't understate enough. That wasn't just like average offensive line play. That was good offensive line play against an elite team. So again, hat tip to those those guys, Bob Bostad, everybody. Terrific work to get IU to that point in game one, week one, against Ohio State. Let's go back to the quote. Uh, We did not sustain our blocks to the level that we know we have to moving forward. So to me, that's the next component to that. But step one is targeting the right guy, getting on to the right people, and creating movement. To me, definitely much to build off of. Yes, I was encouraged by that. That's fair. Don't be satisfied because they were good above average whatever however you want to describe it against ohio state dream bigger and especially if you're wanting to run this triple option we'll see how much they want to run it but if you want to run the ball a lot you're going to need really good offensive line play so very very encouraging from them we'll see what they do against a program they should. Severely out, out man and out class in Indiana State. But encouraging from them in week one to say the least. Defensive line kind of similarly. Tom Allen literally named everybody from the, that played on the defensive line. I picked out the notable ones. Andre Carter, quote, was extremely disruptive. He'll only get better as he learns our system more and continues to trust playing within it and the different things we have him do. Outside of Aaron Casey, who I thought was the, the MVP on the defensive side of the ball, the MVP for IU the whole game. Maybe, arguably, the best player on the field in the entire game. Both teams. Outside of him, Andre Carter was probably the guy I was most impressed by. He was a real deal. He he lived up to that hype, and I'm excited, so excited to see him play this year. Phillip Bleedy, quote, really disruptive. Uh, LD Cox, uh, Quote, played his best football since he's been here. Two kind of more interior defensive linemen. We talk a lot about the edge rushers, whether it's Carter, whether it's Linnell Carr we'll mention in a second. But those interior guys are really important as well. Uh, On Carr played real physical. Miles Jackson was, quote, steady. It got to a lot of coaches speak at a certain point. And Tom Allen is very on brand with that fair enough i mean it sometimes it's just the facts as well but i was really impressed with that defensive line and the turnaround that they made as well so the line was really good on both sides of the ball for indiana when's the last time you could say that specifically both sides of the ball i this might be a hot take it's one game but this could be the two bet the best the uh, offense and defensive line Will ever be under Tom Allen so far? We'll see, but really encouraging starts from both of them. If IU just figures out the quarterback position, big if. I think they could be in a really good situation, but big if. Uh, they could really need, they may really need Dexter Williams to come back and, and be an impactful player, which is a whole set of questions in its own right. I'm saving a lot of the Dexter Williams talk and what. That's going to look like when, until he gets closer to a return, but a lot to discuss there as well. Thanks again, guys for making locked on Hoosiers, your first listen. So this week, tomorrow we are going to do kind of the preview episode, the, the storylines, what to watch all in one Indiana States, really bad. They got blown out to an FCS school with six turnovers in their first game. So there's not a lot to preview there. We'll combine it into one for Thursday's episode. And then on Friday, like I said, there will be no episode during the day. It'll be at night after the IU game. We will go live. We'll discuss it. And we'll talk there about the takeaways moving forward. So be sure you guys are subscribed wherever that may be. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is. Follow us on Twitter as well. We tweet out the links. I'll tweet out the live stream on Thursday as well. So be sure you are ready for that appreciate the support everybody leave those ratings and reviews those help us out immensely as always hope you guys have a great week most importantly elio
0: the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait